Hi, and welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Dennis, and I'll be your host for this evening. This evening, we're going to be doing Echo 3, E3, Scheduled Production Season Activities for July and August. It'll actually be the end of June. Um, uh, this kind of stuff happens at the end of June, and then... Uh, our season is a little bit shortened from everybody else's, so I'll try and go into that in a little bit. But before we get to that, let's uh, go to our uh, places that you can find us. And I also have, uh, I don't know, a little bit of a commercial as well. So let's uh, jump into that. Uh, you can find me at https colon forward slash forward slash lbry.tv or on odyssey.com. Type in friends of brother Adam, you'll find me. Uh, also, you can find me on the Anchor app, which you can get from the um, either store, either Apple or, or uh, Android, whichever you use. Um, and you can also find me on anchor.fm, which is by Spotify. Again, friends of Brother Adam. And you can support us by watching Odyssey in library and sending us a Odyssey or library coin tip. Um, also, if you look on the splash screen of your podcast, you'll see a square QR code. It is for Bitcoin, and if you could, send us a little something-something. Um, you can uh, utilize your scanner for that and send us a little bit of Bitcoin. I am saving up for a PC so that I can do some video editing. So if you are finding that you are getting any uh, ideas from this podcast or any instruction from this podcast that you find valuable, please send a little bit of something-something my way. I really appreciate it. Um, as well, the uh, commercial that we're going to do today uh, is a non-paid commercial. This is something that I would consider a, a community announcement. Um, and uh, it's, it's helping out a fellow businessman. As you guys may know, one of the many hats that I wear is an addictions counselor. And there are some, there's someone who has burrowed his way into my heart with his deeds. And this guy is a gem. His name's Mike Lindell. Uh, he's been through a lot. He caught my imagination and inspires me because he was an addict who once, uh, <laughs> well, he hit a lot of lows. And uh, when he hit bottom, um, it, was, uh, it was pretty awful. And he turned his life around and now is one of America's top CEOs. Um, because he was an addict and managed to get clean and overcome the shame and disadvantage and through God's help he became a person who helps his fellow addicts now with programs to straighten themselves up and uh, help them with their addictions. He is now doing so or he is now um, doing so much for the U.S. population and uh, a lot of times an extension for those of us in other countries uh, I wanted to help him out by telling you about him. The uh, other uh, lame street media has canceled him. Social platforms defame him and throw him off of the platform. 
Um, but here on this platform, I wanted to celebrate what he has done by helping him recover some of the millions he has lost in revenue by the absolute crapheads on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and the lamestream media. I have permission to share with you a code, a promo code that will get you roundabout somewhere around about 60% off his, his products. But um, when you utilize this code, you are uh, not only saving money on his products, but it also helps support veterans organizations and the uh, uh, addiction counseling and stuff that he's helping with addicts. Um, and um, the veterans organization is called Bards of War or Bards FM. It's another cause that I support. Um, please visit Mike Lindell's site as he doesn't sell through anyone else, not Amazon or anyone else. He sells from his site and you can go onto his site and get his book. It talks about his uh, addictions and the things that he went through and the bottoms that he hit. He very interesting gentleman. And then you could also buy some slippers uh, or some sheets or a doggy bed <laughs> or just about anything on there. I mean, he's got some good stuff on there. Um, I'm, I'm going to be getting one of his pillows and, and maybe some of his slippers. I hear that you can wear his slippers as just normal streetwear. And uh, being as I'm starting to get to be a ripe old uh, cogity person, I might just be wearing slippers around everywhere. Anyway, so I thought that I would uh, um, purchase some of these things and support, and um, I do have permission to utilize this code. Um, the gentleman from Bards FM said, spread it wide and far, so I take that to mean that to my audience as well. Um, my pillow promo code, Bards, B-A-R-D-S, and if you go to https colon forward slash forward slash www.mypillow.com, scroll down the page and click on the radio listener square and also use the promo code BARDS or call 1-800-975-2939. That works here in Canada as well. Uh, use promo code B-A-R-D-S. Okay, so let's get on to our, our stuff of the day. Um, uh, as I were, looks like we have an alarm here on my phone and I just need to go and do something here. There we go. I should be good. You'll hear a padunk here in a moment, but uh, let's get on with what we're doing. Uh, today we're going to be covering uh, scheduled production season activities for the month of June or end of June, month of July, August. <sighs> So I'm just going to go over some of the late June tasks really quickly here. Um, in June, we finished splitting prevented swarms by mechanical swarming. Uh, watch for brood box plugging. Um, finish supering all supers except for the spares. There we go. Um, all supers except for the spares should be on the hives. So this is very important. Right now is the biggest flow that we're gonna have this summer. Um, this should be the biggest flow that you should be able to take advantage of because if you got yourself a swarm uh, or a packaged uh, box of bees, 
Um, this is the highest point in the year that you will have as far as numbers of population. This is also the time that you'll have the highest population for those of you who got um, nucleus hives, which are smaller hives. Um, and those of you who managed to make it through the winter with uh, um, a few uh, hives uh, there, this is when you should have monster hives. This is when you have huge big hives and you should be able to stack three or four honey boxes high and watch the magic happen. Um, you need to make sure that you start moving your hives to uh, their summer locations. So if you have a wonderful place that has some alfalfa or some um, uh, white clover, yellow clover, um, make sure you move it over to that area. That's wonderful areas for um, uh, this time of year's um, this time of year uh, to have the bees go out and bring back the pollen and nectar. Um, so uh, get them moved over. It takes them a little while to start getting acclimated to the area. So I would encourage you to get them there, have them acclimated to the area, be able to find the places that have water that is clean uh, no pesticides in the water type of thing, no runoff pesticides, um, and uh, that they can find their water, they can find the nectar and the pollen that they need, and that's what we want them to do. All right. You should be watching for starvation in your hives and feed where necessary. So starvation in the hives does happen even in times of plenty. Um, it just happens that the hive starts running out of food. Um, maybe they've lost you know, a bit of their bees or maybe they have something called stone brood and they haven't been able to get out the numbers of brood that they need in order to bring in lots of stuff into the hive. Just take a look and watch, make sure that you can see whether or not they need um, frames of honey. Don't wait until there's only one or two frames of honey left in the hive. Um, a large hive can burn through two frames of honey like nothing, like you would not believe how fast. So if you need to feed, Make sure you have a bucket feeder on hand. Um, take your bucket in, uh, mix up one-to-one uh, -one syrup right now. Actually, no, right now is uh, one-to-two. So uh, one part sugar, two parts water. They like to have lots of uh, a watery down syrup right now. Um, and that's because it saves them from running all over the place to get uh, uh, liquids to um, put in their hive to act like a swamp cooler and cool down their hive. So make sure you're giving um, one part sugar, two parts water, and make sure that there is water available for them. Um, your bees uh, might be having issues if, if there's not enough uh, of a population to go out and forage, you might be also having your indicator species causing damage. So wasps going in, um, 
and uh, the remediation for that is taking the hive out of production so taking it and putting it in an area that is cool dark um, and you net off the entrances and put feeder box on the hive and just kind of set it aside and 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 hopefully with the feeder box on top you might want to throw in some pollen patties as well just to keep them happy and um, have them build their their population up a little bit more before you move it back outside if you are having indicator species come into your hive wasps and uh, uh, hornets that kind of thing if they're coming into your hive you have a big problem this hive if it goes into winter like this will not make it it is just not strong enough so it's important to take it out of production it's important to take it away from the other bees so that they're not robbing it out as well um, and it's important to allow them the uh, opportunity to start making in July their winter bees okay so you're hearing me they're starting to build up their population in order to have the winter bees born in uh, end of August so literally you are making the parents of the winter bees right now so you need to if 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 you're having that indicator species show you that hey these people are weak or these bees are weak take them out of the area set them up for success don't let them stay there and continue to fail you will end up having to combine that hive into a different hive if you are not careful and in the fall um, uh, one of the other decisions that i made um, is i saw that there was a hive that did not have a queen okay we're looking at a month to make a new queen so if you are looking at a new queen coming in at august there's not going to be bees enough at that time so i took a, a, a hive that did not have a queen and i joined it into another weaker hive um, and hopefully with the bee power that the both hives have together hopefully they'll be able to pull one hive into the start of winter with a little bit stronger population and getting it done uh, i just looked at it and i said if i don't do anything with this beehive it's lost it doesn't have a queen it's going to be lost so i joined the two of them together with a newspaper with a few punch holes in it and allowed the the two hives to get used to each other they will eventually walk down and and join each other and uh and then the upper colony will just become honey storage area so um, i did that on purpose i just decided the two of them were so weak together that we might as well just go ahead and make things happen for them um, so that might be something that you need to do for weaker hives feed them uh, if they're really weak maybe set them aside in a in a cool dark place net up the entrances and give them food both uh, nectar food and pollen pollen substitute food and uh, help them out or you might have to end up combining them like i did 
Um, you need to start getting ready for extraction. So uh, clean up the extraction room and equipment. You're gonna have to wipe down everything, wipe out all the machinery, uh, start getting that stuff ready, test the setup before it's needed, make sure that your settling tank is cleaned out, ready to go, that the uh, tap is not gummed up from last, <laughs> last time. Um, and uh, the reason I'm saying this is at the end of July, you need to be pulling your, your, uh, your honey that you want for this, this year. You're not going to get any in August. If you're pulling them out in August, you're wrong. And the reason is, is that uh, August needs to be the time that you build your hive back up with nectar that you give them. So... Um, if you're going to be pulling your honey harvest off this year, um, end of July, okay? Um, you're going to be looking for and uh, looking for the numbers. So you're going to go back over your your paperwork. You're going to pull out your paperwork or your computer work. You're going to walk from hive to hive to hive. You're going to do hive inspections. You're going to see if they are progressing or not progressing. See if they are in trouble. See if you need to combine them. Um, if you had queens that made it through last um, year, they are more than likely not going to make it through the next year. So you might want to consider putting a new queen in there for the winter. Um, now would be the time to make the decision so that you are able to grow a few queens to make it through the winter. So just heads up for that one. Um, if you are at the skill level that you're able to make queens, now's the time to start making them um, for uh, fall replacement and a strong uh, hive through the winter. All right, um, so you're going to be checking all the results of that computer or paperwork or whatever you're doing um, on your projections. Did you make the number of hives that you were trying to make? If not, why? What happened? Record that. Um, you need to be um, taking the projections that you made. Um, if you were on a friendly basis with the uh, Department of Agriculture or the Department of Making You Sad, you might want to send your um, what happened this year with your hives to them so that they can start making some projections. I personally don't want anything to do with them or as little as possible to do with them, so I won't be sending my projections, I won't be sending my what happened. Uh, to them. I really don't care about them and if they went and jumped in a lake that would make me happy but um, I want to teach you correctly and uh, um, have you not have my biases <laughs> if it's possible. So um, what I want to tell you is if you are the type of people that uh, enjoy um, central planning, enjoy uh, being able to be part of that um, 
bunch of people who make projections, who who tell the government what's what's going on as far as what's happening in agriculture in the bee world. I guess you could be sharing with them the 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 product of what's happening. Me personally, if I have to pay taxes on it, I pay taxes on it. If I have to report something like a really bad illness, I will report a really bad illness in my hives. If I have to report how many hives I have, that's what I report. If I have to report how much woodenware I have, the ability to make more hives, I will. Um, but anything above and beyond what I absolutely have to tell them, they're none of their freaking business. I uh, keep my uh, uh, projections and my plans of my business to myself and I don't tell them. Um, which is kind of funny because a lot of times I will tell you and in uh, in that they'll probably find out anyways but at the same time um, if I wasn't teaching you guys on how to do beekeeping I wouldn't be sharing a lot of these details and stuff like that it's not that I'm doing anything wrong I just believe in privacy and I believe that uh, government has no business in business so no business in my private life either to come to that matter but here we go again <sighs> my bias is not yours right <laughs> um, let's uh, also make sure that we uh, take a little time to smell the roses and look at the blue sky uh, take your family out uh, have some time with them right now is the time that the bees can just do their thing and as long as you've covered your bases as far as making sure nobody's starving making sure nobody is being honey bound making sure that they're not swarming if you have that taken care of now is the time to go enjoy some time as a beekeeper um, it's it's time to take the family out and remember what being a family is like even though we may be falling back into another freaking lockdown. So get out, smell the roses, enjoy yourself. Um, make sure that you enjoy some of the things that God has given us. Um, continuing on, uh, you want to continue uh, making sure that your summer yards are taken care of now that you've placed your your bees in that summer yard you're going to go through and make sure that uh, ant hot ants have not moved in and they're starting to cart off your precious honey that these bees have worked so hard for it is your responsibility if you want to take stuff off the hive that you make sure that these ants are not stealing from you um, also it's time to take a look at whether or not you have other pests in the bee yard such as skunks raccoons or such um, if you are having any of those issues it's time to set out your traps um, a honey uh, um, a bounty of honey in your bee yard is just a wonderful magnet for all those pests that come wandering in looking for a free yummy lunch so get on that. 
So you need to set your traps. Remember that trapping, uh, you need to put in the hive stuff that will, or into the trap stuff that is not something that a cat would like, um, but something that maybe a skunk or a raccoon might like. Um, so raccoons like junk food. So throw a chocolate bar in there, throw in something that, that a cat would not like. Um, a skunk is, I don't know, they, they do like um, peanut butter. Uh, they do like those kind of things, stinky things. Um, so stuff that has a definite uh, rotting odor, they'll, they'll probably come and take advantage of. So um, do what you need to do. Get rid of those skunks, get rid of those raccoons. And for heaven's sakes, don't trap live trap and then go release them please don't do that have the gumption to take care of these critters in the way that they need to fast and and uh, painlessly but get rid of them if you are not able if you have a very soft heart and you can't get rid of that furry little rocket the raccoon um, make sure that you contact a farmer or somebody who has a um, a lot of hate on for these animals and needs to dispatch them they will dispatch these animals and get rid of them for you if that's what you need to do but uh, just know that these are pests in our apiary and if you don't get rid of them they will get rid of your profits and your bees so uh, they will cost you tons and tons of money also make sure that you check your um, poison uh, boxes on the outside um, it is normal and a good thing for you to poison mice at this time if you do not you will have a large mass of mice moving into your hives in the fall and you won't have any ability to stop them they will move in once they move in your whole entire hive box and bees and honey and wax will be useless to you uh, once a mouse gets in there and starts pissing and pooping i'm sorry that box is just done so uh, there is no way that you will be able to put this into uh, a jar and sell it to somebody. Don't even think about it. Um, uh, so honey that is in a box that a mouse has pissed on, it's no good. Uh, you might be able to feed it back to bees. The bees might be able to eat it. And uh, instead of uh, harvesting it and putting it back in their hive, they'll just eat it out. You might be able to do that. I personally wouldn't. Um, so that's the reason why we poison mice and not necessarily raccoons and skunks. We poison mice because they will knock off a whole entire hive. They will have their babies in there. They five or six mice will be running around inside that hive and you will just absolutely hate yourself because those boxes won't be any good, the woodenware. You will either have to treat them like they have a disease, so you will have to super bleach them and then char the insides to get that piss stink out of there. The bees will not come back into a hive that has mouse piss smell in it. So you have to get rid of that um, by, by super bleaching it. And super bleach is uh, bleach but stronger. 
So just look it up on the web and you'll see what I'm talking about. And uh, charring them as well. Like bleach won't even just get rid of it. You have to bleach and char in order to get rid of that mouse piss smell. Um, it, and and uh, it, it, uh, the mice will chew through your boxes and wreck your damn woodenware. So I'm telling you, mice are the bane of my freaking existence. You need to kill them, kill them, kill them, kill them, kill them, and poison the hell out of them. Okay, so <laughs> do I make myself clear? <laughs> um, so check your mouse poison trap or mouse poison dispensers make sure that they're not able to be broken into by little kids by little animals you want mice to get in there and if you have rats in your area you want rats to be able to get in there but you don't want any other animals or, or humans to be able to pop open those boxes and get into the poison so but you need to make sure that they're not all empty as well um, what i like to do in my um, apiaries is I like to have what I call a kill box and I will get uh, two um, um, two uh, nectar feeders uh, so the big boxes that you usually feed nectar in and they are old and need to be thrown out instead of throwing them out I take two of them and I put one on top of the other so that you have a big hollow place on the inside. I will set up multiple snap traps on the inside and I will put a bait box in there on the inside of this so that it's protected from everybody who's going to, you know, possibly have an issue with snap traps with dead mice in them with uh, um, a poison box out in the open, you know, whatever. Put them inside of two of these boxes. It has a hole on the bottom that they can crawl underneath and up and in. And you want to take the netting off that protects the bees from getting too much into the drink. Um, but you, uh, you take that netting off and allow the mice to crawl up and in or crawl up on top of the box and crawl in. So, and you put the uh, uh, entrances that the bees would either go up in yeah offset them so that one's on one side and one's on the other side so that it's you know if they crawl in the top and fall down in then they're good or if they crawl underneath and crawl up and in then they're good as well and it kind of gives them that little dark little box and if you want you can put um, oatmeal in there like dry oatmeal or something that will attract them and they go in get snapped put peanut butter in those traps um, in the snap traps or uh, um, put in the, the um, oatmeal, dry oatmeal in there and they will come in to munch on that and get, get uh, poisoned as well. So make sure that they're ready to go and that they are working right now because you need to decrease the, the mouse population in your area otherwise you will not have a lot of your hives pull through in the, the winter. Okay, so coming up the end of this month, you're gonna be pulling honey and collecting pollen traps. Pollen traps can only be on your hive for a certain period of time, and it's good to have your, your pollen traps on right about now because now's the peak, so they don't need to be feeding tons and tons of babies. So you're able to capture 
a week's worth of pollen and then take it off that hive, put it on another hive, capture another week's worth of pollen, but don't leave it on for too long because they need that pollen in order to feed, uh, to get a full diet, right? Um, you're going to be weekly checking the honey supers to make sure that, uh, to monitor, to see if you are starting to still increase honey production or if they've stopped honey production and are starting to eat your profits. <laughs> so it's much rather, you would much rather them eat the lower price sugar than to eat your honey profits, right? So, and, and the moment the, the flow in your area is over, that's when you start harvesting. And uh, I've talked about how to tell whether or not a honey flow is on or off in earlier ones, but essentially you just draw a line of honey on the airport board on the front of their hive. And if they come out and munch on that um, all day long, then your flow is over with. But if they come out and munch on it for half an hour in the morning and then fly off, and then come back and munch on it in the evening, you still have your flow on, okay? So that's, that's a really quick, easy way to tell, but you need to, you need to take a look and see what's coming in, how much pollen's coming in, that kind of stuff to tell whether or not your flow is still on or not. Um, but uh, that's a very quick and easy way to tell. Um, you need to, um, if you are around uh, rapeseed or and it's the same thing or canola uh, canola rapeseed if you're around that plant you need to be harvesting every week starting now um, because it's they're all in full bloom right now and the bees are busy at it but um, when they come back don't wait for them to cap the honey um, you're going to need to be able to pull it out up here in Canada. We have a drier in, in Alberta, especially we have a drier, uh, um, month right now. So even if it's not two thirds capped, you can still pull those frames, um, put them, spin them out. And if you have any need to dehydrate your honey a little bit later, then you'll have to deal with it at that time. But you need that canola honey out of that hive almost as soon as it's put in there. You, you, you allow them to fill up a whole entire frame and maybe start to get wax put on there, but don't wait. Um, wax comes at the rate of six pounds of honey for one pound of wax in the hive. So if you want them eating your profits, allow them to wax the whole entire thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So um, um, here, then this is only in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba-ish. Um, you can probably pull them if they're one quarter waxed. Um, and be still good. Um, there is a way to tell whether or not it has enough of the water taken out. You can get a, I think it's called a hydrometer, and it's just something that you look in one end and you put a, a dot of honey on the other and you look in there and you're able to tell the honey or the water content of the honey. So, um, yeah, it's a little more technical and everything like that. You'll need to you'll need to listen to one of the uh, podcasts that we have about that. But more or less, that's what it is. And uh, read the instructions on the uh, on the that come in the box and everything that it comes in. So, 
but yeah you can pretty well pull it at one quarter wax rather than waiting for three quarter wax on each frame uh, you need to maintain your yards cut the grass clean up pick up any swarms that happen in this time swarms that happen now unless you can get them into a box and be able to salvage some of the honey from some of the other boxes uh, they're probably not going to make it through the winter um, so if you catch a swarm right now grand put them in a box throw on some some sugar so that they can um, um, start building up their wax in the hive and stuff like that throw in a few frames of uh, um, honey in there and if you want them to stay one of the things that people do to get bees to stay in the box is they grab a frame of brood and put it in their box they will stay to wait until the brood hatches before it, they decide to leave and once the queen gets in there and gets fat she's not going anywhere so that's what you want to do to try and keep your bees if you catch a swarm and you put them in a box throw in a, a bit of brood now i throw in closed brood and that way you know you're not uh, requiring the colony to take care of a whole bunch of larvae all of a sudden um, it's like throwing four kids into a home you know when you throw four kids into a home all of a sudden the food that the uh, two adults that resided in the home before had isn't going to last that long and so you know within the first week you have a food crisis in the home and of course humans can look ahead and say oh yeah we're going to have some problems the cupboard's starting to get bare we better go shopping type of thing bees don't do that bees don't look ahead they eat for what's in front of them and they don't look ahead so you need to be the one looking ahead you need to be responsible for making sure that when you put a bunch of bees into a box that you don't throw in open brood for them to feed. Not, not usually a good idea. The only reason you put in any kind of open brood into their hive is if you're not sure whether or not you captured the queen. That gives them the opportunity if they didn't, if you didn't capture the queen, gives them the opportunity to raise a queen for themselves. And you've got a month to go before August, so you're fine. Go ahead and, and make a new queen if you need to for them. All right. Um, let's see. Is there anything else that we need to go over? All right. I think that's roundabout it. Uh, the one thing that I would add is as you're going through your supers if you find a super that is damaged and needs repair pull it out of service take it back to the shop get it repaired put it back into service don't wait until the next year don't set it aside and put it in a pile of, of boxes that need to be fixed because um, it's warm right now it's easy to pull out the saw right now and saw some things it's easy to saw a rim and fix a rim it's easy to do these things right now because it's warm and you know you you can just glue it get it done nail it screw it whatever you need to do and just get it done um, you know and go around if you have a hive stand that is starting to be tippy you need to take that hive stand out of production, throw down a pallet for your hives for the interim, take that hive stand and fix it now. 
now's the time to be doing some of those repairs don't wait until fall you won't do it <laughs> there's so much happening in the fall uh, don't wait until winter because the bees will be sitting on that tippy little hive stand so no don't wait until winter um, and don't take it out of production and stack it in a pile because that just usually becomes the garbage pile you need to take care of your woodenware you need to think ahead that's all I have for you for today. Um, I really appreciate you guys listening. I've been looking at some of the statistics that I've been getting and it looks like a bunch of you uh, conk out about an hour or half an hour into the, into the podcast. So um, maybe I babble on too much, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, uh, thanks for staying with me and I really appreciate it. If you're finding that you're getting any value out of these podcasts, make sure you throw a little something, something my way. It doesn't have to be much. You know, a five spot here, ten, uh, 10 or 20 here or there. I mean, that really helps out. Um, I really appreciate James who sent a $100 um, uh, donation to me uh, saying that he uh, really enjoyed my podcast and he got a lot out of them and uh, wanted to know if I was uh, you know <laughs> that if I was uh, you know typing them up beforehand and sitting down and reading them to you guys on this podcast nope I'm not literally I have the the book that I'm working with the the production technician beekeeper book that Alberta puts out and uh, that's it so most of this stuff is just from my experience um, again I'm just one person this is my experience this is my knowledge that I'm, I'm telling you guys there are multiple ways of doing beekeeping and not any one of those ways is wrong sometimes it might not be the best way but uh, you know there beekeeping is local so I mean you have to figure out what works in your area and me giving you what happens in in July here in Alberta is definitely not what's going to be happening down there in South Carolina right now <laughs> um, you know and that's one of the reasons why we suggest as as beekeeper teachers um, that you go and check out your local beekeeping club, that you find somebody who's podcasting in your area or video casting in your area that has um, your flows happening, that has the plants that, that the bees like, that they know what, when they flower, that kind of thing that's really important in your area. But again, I really appreciate you guys listening to me and we will talk to you again soon. Have a really great day.